We are in a series called uh, Keeping the Christ in Christians. And uh, I, I did a little play on words because um, oftentimes during this season, Christians, and rightly so, uh, you might see Mary Xmas and be like, hey, Christ should be, you know, don't take the Christ out of Christmas, right? And so, uh, and which is great. Uh, I remember about three years ago, um, Starbucks uh, started, stopped saying Merry Christmas on all their stuff and started saying Happy Holidays. And Christians about lost their minds um, because in America that is true persecution. And so, uh, and so we boycotted and we did all these different things because, you know, if your coffee doesn't say Merry Christmas, I don't know what will happen, but something terrible. And so we, we boycotted. And, but here's the thing I know. There's one thing more powerful than Jesus, and that's coffee. And so that lasted for about a week, and people are like shaking and freaking out, and they're like, okay, fine, you know, right? Now, I joke about it, and if you boycotted uh, Starbucks, good for you. I'm not, I, you know, whatever. It, it sounds like I'm making fun of you, but uh, yeah, applaud. We've done it with uh, Carl's Jr. and uh, all sorts of different things. So uh, that's fine. But here's what I know, and here's why I wasn't upset about Starbucks saying Happy Holidays instead of Merry Christmas. Because I know that every time you walk into a Starbucks, regardless of what they say, Christ is walking into Starbucks. Every party you go to, every office party that maybe doesn't celebrate Jesus or whatever, I'm not worried about that because I know that every time you go to a party, Jesus is showing up at that party. Every time you go to a family gathering, Jesus is showing up at that family gathering. And I know this about you because I've known you for 16 years. You're not going to let... <laughs> culture rob you of the joy that you have in Christ that is inside of you. So if you're going to boycott, boycott joyfully. Because Jesus was anointed with the oil of joy, and everywhere you go, that anointing of the oil of joy comes with you. And so I just wanted to have fun this Christmas and call it Keeping the Christ in Christians. Because the impact that you have in your day-to-day -day circle of influence has far more effect than what's printed on a cup or what's said when your $5 cup of coffee is placed into your hand. Okay, there we go. So we, last week we talked about this guy, Zechariah. He was a priest, and um, he got this great opportunity to go burn incense in the temple. That is, that's like a huge deal. It's like winning, uh, you, you know, the office uh, pool. Like, it just never happens, and all of a sudden you win, or pick whatever it is where you just think, I never win anything, I never win anything, and all of a sudden you get to go into the temple and burn incense. A huge deal for Zechariah. He goes in, and angel uh, Gabriel, who Zechariah would have been like, you mean the angel from Daniel? Like, yep, that was several hundred years ago, but he's still there. And so he shows up. He tells Zechariah, you're going to have a kid. Zechariah says, I'm very old, and my wife is seasoned as well. And so he, he kind of goes around. Read your Bible. It's very funny. He talks about his wife, and they both are kind of past the age of having kids. And, uh, and so um, Gabriel, he says, how, how is this going to happen? I'm old. And Gabriel says, you can't speak until the baby's born which is cold, but that's what happened. 
And I'm not going to question Gabriel on that. So what we're going to do this morning is we're going to see the very next time Gabriel confronts somebody. Very famous story. You've heard it all your life, probably, if you've been around church or you've been around the Bible or you've been around anyone during the Christmas season who's a follower of Jesus. You know this story. It is the Christmas story. The person's name is Mary. Let's get into it in Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 27. In the six months of Elizabeth's pregnancy, so Zechariah only has three more months to go, and then he can, he can talk. Although, I have to say, for Zechariah, I don't know what kind of duty. I can just speak, I'm, I'm a man, I can only speak for men, right? So, um, but if you told me that, um, anyway, that I was supposed to go home, have sex, and I don't have to talk for nine months? I'm like, sign me up. So maybe Gabriel was helping him. I don't know what the deal is. And for those of you who are, are, got offended by that, I'm sorry. Um, Merry Christmas. There you go. Okay. Um, try to add to the other side of the balance there. Okay. In the six months of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent... The angel Gabriel, which you would have recognized from just a few verses ago, to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. One of the things I really love about the Bible is when it slows down and gets detailed. For those of us who have been going through this Matthew series that is paused for now until January 5th, uh, what we're becoming students of the Bible in that, in that um, Bible study. And we're just basically reading the text as though we were back in the first century and we got it and we're just observing things. Well, all through the Bible, as you study the Bible on your own and whatever book you're in, if you notice that there's a whole bunch of things, a whole bunch of things, and then it slows way down, that's the author's way and God's way through the author to tell you pay special attention. And look at all the details we have. So we know it's the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy. That's very important. God sent an angel. That's very important. His name is Gabriel to a certain town, Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin, another uh, fact, pledged to be married, another fact, to a man named Joseph, another detail, a descendant of David, another obscure detail, but very important as we get through this story, the virgin's name was Mary. Of course, we all know who Mary is by now, I would imagine. So this is what happens. The angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Now, as you know, I am an angel scholar. Angels go to angel school. The very first thing they learn in angel school, angel 101, as they walk in, when you greet a human being, you begin with do not be afraid. It's all through the Bible. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. It's angel 101. Gabriel, still upset with what happened with Zechariah, misses that point and just goes, greetings, right? You who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Now, I want you to see this uh, really quick because it's pretty cool. Mary was highly favored. I don't think I'm stretching too much to say this, that you are highly favored by God. 
Now, you say, John, if you saw my week last week, if you uh, saw the movie I saw on Thursday night, you would say, uh, I am not highly favored. Well, he might still be doing some work in you, which is fine because he's still doing work in me. But he values you. You are valuable to him. You are not just an obscure person who's just getting through life and is going to end their life and then move on. And so Gabriel shows up, and you might not have an angel show up, but the Lord would say the same thing to you out of what would seem to be out of the middle of nowhere. See, for us, this is the Christmas season. For Mary, she was preparing for her wedding. Everything was going normal. This was great. Mary was in really good shape. She had, uh, she had a family that loved her. She had a fiancé. She had a wedding that she knew was coming, and so she could prepare for that. She was probably registered at Bed Bath & Beyond, and she probably had, you know, everything going, and she's probably arguing with her parents about who gets to come and who gets to sit next to who, and is Uncle Frank going to be there? Nobody likes Uncle Frank, trust me. And so, you know, all these different things, and then the, the dad's like, I'm paying for this, I'll tell you, you know, because he's Jewish. Anyway, so um, all these things are happening, and all of a sudden... The angel shows up out of nowhere. Again, for us, we know this day's coming. We decorate for it. It's a season for us. For her, it was Wednesday or maybe Thursday. I don't know what day it was, but that was it. She's just going through life. There, there's an interruption, an angel, and he says, greetings, you who are favored, highly favored, the Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled, as you would be if an angel visited you. I would be troubled as well. Uh, but I wouldn't ask the question, how would this be? Because I do want to talk, actually. Mary was greatly troubled at his words, and we're going to see in just one second how sexist the Bible is. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. This word wondered, it's a Greek word. It's basically having a conversation with yourself. Have you ever done that? I do it, oh, every day, where you start conversing with yourself like, hey, you know, wow, that's weird. I wonder if we went here and we did that. And then maybe we should change this. You ever done it? Maybe for those of you right now living in California, uh, housing prices are the craziest they've ever been. And so you might be wondering or wondered, hey, I wonder if we should move to Idaho or move or sell the house or whatever. This happens to all of us. But she was greatly troubled. Now, here's my, my, my first point that I want to make. You can be highly favored and greatly troubled at the same time. Because you're greatly troubled does not mean you have lost God's favor. It just means you've been interrupted. I want to talk a little bit about COVID. COVID is this pandemic that, oh, no, okay, no, you know about that. COVID was an interruption to us. It came out of nowhere. And maybe when you, like me, when I first found out about COVID, I made a joke because I tend to believe that 
as Americans, we overreact on things sometimes, just sometimes. And um, so when it hit and it got in the news, I just figured it was like any other news cycle, whatever. And so I, you know, I've showed the picture before. I showed it on social media. When it hit, I wrote on my whiteboard at a staff meeting six weeks. That's how long it was going to last. And I signed my name and I dated it. Ah, so it'll only last six weeks. Well, it's been a little longer than six weeks in this interruption. And we become greatly troubled at the interruption. But interruptions by God do not forge who you are as a person, as a leader, as a parent, as a teacher, as a worker. It doesn't create who you are. It doesn't create who we are as a church, as a follower of Jesus. Interruptions don't help form you. They expose you. We've been exposed. The church all across America has been exposed. You, throughout COVID, and your internal things and what you believe about the world and what you, how you navigate conflict, how you navigate when you're greatly troubled has been exposed. Now, you say, but if I'm highly favored, how can I be greatly troubled? This is what I love about the Bible. It is filled with example after example after example of people being interrupted, highly favored people being interrupted and then greatly troubled. You look back to the first king of Israel. You look back to uh, David, these people who are highly favored. David was a man after God's own heart, but he was interrupted by a prophet that said, why did you do what you did? And he was greatly troubled. You can be highly favored and greatly troubled. And COVID exposed you. Now, you might think, well, that's, that sounds harsh or that's not fair or whatever. Any place in your life you want to be healthy needs to be exposed. I'll give you an example. We call it a scale. <laughs> I have one in my bathroom. And whether I choose to cover it in black tarp or not is up to me. But sometimes it's there and I step on it. And I'm exposed. <laughs> I look down and there's a number. And for me, the number I'm always looking at is that middle number. There's three digits for me. I'm not going to get into all of it. But that middle number. What's that middle number? Is it a, you know what I'm saying? Am I the only one? Okay. You get exposed. You go to the doctor. Ah, man, I've got this thing in my back. And it's really a pain. Your doctor goes through and touches. Does this hurt? Like, yeah, that would hurt anyway. But it doesn't matter. He's poking and pressing or whatever. And he says, you have a tumor or you have this. You've been exposed. What I want to tell you this morning and hope that you understand is that you can be highly favored and greatly troubled if we look at interruptions as invitations. I had an invitation when COVID hit. 
It was an invitation by God to say, okay, leader, how are you going to handle this with the church? And I wasn't alone. You and I, all of us, whether you're single and you have your friendships, and all of a sudden, right when it got political and polarized, and all of a sudden you had a friend, you thought they were a really good friend, but now they won't wear a mask, and they're, you know, and all these different things. Well, that's good. Your friendship just got exposed. Any place you want to be healthy in your life, you have to be exposed. You have to be uncovered. Because Following Jesus is not an independent, hidden thing. Mary was doing exactly what she was supposed to be doing. She was highly favored. I wish she wrote a book, The Seven Things You Need to Do to Be Highly Favored by God. I would read the book. I'd try to follow it. She's just going along her life. And some of us, we get this idea that if we're doing what we're supposed to be doing, no way will our life get interrupted. That wouldn't happen. That I'd be troubled, greatly troubled, where I have to have conversations with myself. And there are unhealthy versions of having conversations with yourself, too. They usually happen with me in the shower, and I'm talking to someone who's not even in the room. Greatly troubled. These interruptions expose us. Your relationship with Jesus this past year has been exposed. Do you live in fear? Okay, that's good to know. Are you scared to death of COVID? You're curled up, you're watching online, and you're curled up in the fetal position. You can't. Okay, let's start there. You've been exposed. That's good. Let's move forward with that. Have you been like, no one's going to take my rights from me. You can't tell me what to do. I mean, I'm an American, all that. Great. You've been exposed. That's your relationship with Jesus. You get all upset over what happens. I'm not blaming you. Just know that you can be highly favored and greatly troubled. And so that's what happens to Mary. And now, uh, (laughs) Gabriel remembers, okay? He remembers class. And he says to her, do not be afraid. And then he looked up and he's like, I I got it. Sorry, forgot for just one second. Got it now, okay. So we're going to let Gabriel off the hook. Mary, you found favor with God. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son. You are to call him Jesus. Now watch all the details that Gabriel gives Mary. Because, anyway, he will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord will give him the throne of his father, David. Now, if you're Mary, if you kind of remember the text that we had just read, Joseph, it said clearly in the text, was a descendant of David. So Mary probably should have, although she didn't, go, oh, right, that makes sense. We're going to get married and then you know, we'll have a baby in like the normal time frame of that culture. Get married, have a baby. Oh, great. He's going to be called great. Awesome. Thanks. He says, he will be a son of the most high. The Lord will give him the, uh, the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. And then Mary says this, how will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. So she already gets the idea that this isn't just going to go 
as planned. Now, if you're highly favored, how can it not go to plan? Don't we have this weird idea in our culture and maybe in, even in Christian cultures? And there's some theologies, it's not necessarily in our denomination, of, the, of those that believe if you're being blessed financially or with your health or what have you, that is all God's blessing. And if those things aren't going that well, then maybe you lack faith or there's something missing or what have you. Mary says, how can this be? Now, you and I know that if you ask Gabriel, how can this be? Oh, look what's coming. Because that's what happened to the man, right? He got in trouble when he asked that question. Let's see what happens to the woman. I told you the Bible was sexist. Since I'm a virgin, the Lord answered, oh, you're so cute for asking that question. Oh, my gosh. Yes, you're highly favored, right? He answers the question. That is cold, okay? I'm just saying, okay, for now, I'm not a pastor. I'm just a dude. Zechariah couldn't talk. Mary, she gets the answer. Okay, here we go. I'm done now. The angel answered, and this is the answer. Mary, it's out of your control. I'm summarizing, but it's out of your control, Mary. It's happening. There's nothing you can do about it. You're highly favored, and I know you're greatly troubled, but it's going down. I would say the same thing for you and I. It's happening. <laughs> Whatever's going to be happening in COVID and variants and, you know, Omicron or some transformer that we're doing now, I don't know what it is, but it sounds like a transformer to me. Here's what Gabriel says. The Holy Spirit will come. <laughs> Mary, it, it's going to happen. And the power of the Holy Spirit will overshadow you. So the Holy Spirit, the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. This is going down. You can fight it. You can say, I want to go back to normal. I don't want this to happen. I never asked for this. Those would all be valid statements by you and by Mary. Wait a minute. Hold up. Are we going to take a vote? Did any angels oppose? Maybe we should hear their point of view. Like, like you know, I'm, I'm getting married. Like, we're, we're in it. Like, this, this can't be. Gabriel basically says, it's happening. It's coming. You've been exposed. You're highly favored. This is what the Lord wants to do. The Holy Spirit will come on you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One uh, to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have her child in her old age. And she who has said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. And then God makes this statement through Gabriel. For no word from God will ever fail. Do you know why, as a follower of Jesus, when you get exposed, you can walk in peace? Because no word from God will ever fail. The word of God that says he'll never leave you or forsake you in COVID, in financial difficulty, in di issues with relationships, 
when everything's not going according to plan, no word of the Lord will ever fail. Well, what if we get the wrong person in power? I don't know. Oh, I guess that word of God will fail. Oh, no, no word, nothing. So Mary can rest on this idea that this is going down. And then if you remember, Elizabeth is secluded at this point. So there's a chance that Mary didn't know she was pregnant. I would imagine she did uh, because they, we'll see later that they were close. But, but Elizabeth doesn't want to, she doesn't want to have anything to do. She's secluded. And we made the idea, and I, many scholars agree with me, that uh, Elizabeth has gone through this process many times and is not going to get excited over this right away. So she goes into seclusion until she's in her fifth, sixth month. Now she, she can feel more uh, comfortable. That this is actually going to happen. For no word of, the God, of God will ever fail. And then Mary says the thing that basically exposes why she's highly favored. And it's the answer that we all should come to when we're interrupted. You have no control over being interrupted. None. And we all share this response that Mary has. I am the Lord's servant. Mary answered, may your word to me be fulfilled. And the angel said, peace out. That's all I needed to hear. And the angel leaves. I don't know how he left. I would prefer flapping wings. If I visualize it in my, like if I had an angel there, I'd be like, okay, just buzz my friend. I could just go over there and mess. Yeah, I'd just do something. But he left. We don't get from the Bible what happened. But Mary answers the way we all need to answer as followers of Jesus. If I have this relationship with my heavenly father, what in the world could interrupt me to the extent that I don't answer, I am the Lord's servant? Now, again, you're being exposed at this point. So what comes out of your mouth indicates, as we talked about for six weeks in the last series, what comes out of your mouth is what's in your heart. So if I get interrupted by COVID or anything else, or my job decides something or whatever, and the thing that comes out of my mouth is that's not fair, okay, you've been exposed. That's what came out. And with Mary... This is why I think she was highly favored. Because her heart, the thing that first comes out of her mouth, other than the question, which is a valid question, I'm the Lord's servant. I'm the Lord's servant. Yeah, but our, our job is re, you know, they're, they're reconfiguring everything. I don't know if I'm going to go back to, I'm scared to go back into the office. I, good, fine. But you're the Lord's servant. That's your number one whether we're in COVID, whether you're going through relationship issues, all those things. Interruptions are actually invitations to experience God in a way you've never experienced him. And there are lots of really important interruptions. Sometimes a spouse leaves. You didn't ask them to leave. You didn't know they were leaving. You didn't do anything. You were just like, whoa, what just happened? That's an interruption. Your response is the same. I'm the Lord's servant. 
you go into the hospital or you take your son or daughter into the hospital and you get the diagnosis. You didn't ask for it. You didn't expect it. You had nothing to do with it. It had nothing to do with you. Your response is the same. I am the Lord's servant. We lost a dear friend of our church, a dear friend of mine, uh, in the last few weeks. Just a weird, odd thing, just with bone marrow that is just odd. Only 4,000 people get it in the world, and he had it. And when he got it, he was still cognizant and could talk and everything. As a matter of fact, you, you, I walked into ICU having a conversation with him two weeks prior to his passing. That was my friend Mark. I'm the Lord's servant. Interrupted. He viewed it as an invitation. He ended very, very well. He's a good man. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Whew. If we could walk through life with that heart, the heart of Mary, like that's what Christmas is supposed to be reminding us of. That when Jesus is inserted into any situation, we say, I am the Lord's servant. May your word be fulfilled. So Mary takes off. She goes to Elizabeth's house. I don't know how far that was or whatever it was, but she shows up there and uh, uh, Elizabeth comes to the door and Mary's there and Elizabeth has this prophetic to her and just says, like, you're amazing. I, you know, I don't know how Elizabeth knew, but she knew. And, 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 and John the Baptist, who's in Elizabeth, I mean, talk about a family gathering, honestly. Because remember, they didn't really start their ministry till they were in their 30s. So like, can you imagine being at Christmas and seven-year-old Jesus is playing with seven-year-old John the Baptist? <laughs> Come on now. Okay. I love the Bible. So Mary responds like this because he says, John has leapt, the Holy Spirit leapt in her womb. She opens the door, there's Mary, and it's just like, bam, let's go. It's John the Baptist, because that's what babies do. All right, they leap in the womb. Blessed is she who has uh, believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. This is prophetic, because she wasn't there when, David, when uh, uh, Gabriel was there. Here's what Mary says. My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. Wait, Mary, don't you want some questions answered? Like, how long is this going to last? When am I going to get pregnant? Is it, you know, what, what don't you want to know? Nah, I don't care about that. Let the Lord complete his work. And watch what he, watch what she does. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. How can Mary move forward in uncertainty after she's been interrupted? How can you and I move forward in uncertainty when we've been exposed? 
When, when we're in uncertainty, we are totally in uncertainty right now. How, how do we move forward and not go back to normal? As great as it was pre-COVID, we got exposed. So how do we move forward in that, knowing what we know now about ourselves, that we don't handle adversary, adversary, ad, what he said very well, <laughs> adversity, yes. How do we do that? Here's what Mary does. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones. He has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things. He has sent away, sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and to his descendants forever. Just as he promised our ancestors, Mary went back in order to move forward. In her context, we wouldn't normally say he has helped his servant Israel because that's not my context. But I can say he has helped me through hundreds of seizures with my son. He has helped me when I felt like we were going to lose everything way back before I was a pastor. He has helped me through this. He's helped my marriage. He's helped my, uh, me when I didn't think as our family growing up didn't have food. And all of a sudden, miraculously, the doorbell rings and there's bags of food. That's the God I serve. When COVID hits, I wonder if my God will be as faithful now as he is then. Mary's tapped into something. Well, if, if he's filled the hungry, if he sent away the rich empty, if he's helped his servant Israel... Well, basically, it's just, what's next? This is the question God has for you this morning. You've been interrupted. What's next for you? You've been exposed. Has this just completely frightened you? And you can't, you wonder, oh my goodness, what are we going to do? And pick the thing in politics and, and you know, major corporations, big pharma, boo, doo, what are you going to do? What has God done in the past for you? been faithful, and he's going to continue to do so. So Mary stays with Elizabeth for three months and then returned home. As the worship band comes back up, we're going to end with one verse out of Second Peter. Basically, Peter was a disciple of Jesus, and uh, when Jesus went back up into heaven, Peter really became the mouthpiece of the church. And so he began to um, really lead those disciples, and he began to plant churches and write letters to churches. And so we're going to look at a second letter that Peter wrote and what he had to say about what happens when God isn't performing the way we would have him perform. We're going to take communion in just a little bit. And communion is designed to be an interruption. It's designed to be something that we do together. It's designed to be an event. And so we do it the first week of uh, each month. And uh, it's designed to be an interruption of your life. As a matter of fact, attending church 
giving of your, sir, of, of your time, giving of your money to the Lord. All these are designed to be interruptions for you. We don't just go through our life just consuming, 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 going the way we want, retirement, play golf for another five years and then die. It's not what God has for us. It's an interruption. Here's what 2 Peter says. The Lord is not slow. He's not slow. I know we all want COVID to be over. We think, why can't it end now? Whatever. Forces at large, all these things. He's not slow. You might be single going, I really want to find that spouse. He knows. Highly favored one. He knows. The Lord's not slow. You say, we might want to have kids and we're trying to have kids and this has been our dream and we've, you know, we're, we got everything we need. We've even set a room aside just waiting and waiting and waiting and it's not happening. He's not slow in keeping his promise as some understand slowness. Let me tell you something just to keep it a buck with your pastor. I count everything as slowness. <laughs> Nothing's ever fast enough for me. If we're doing something at the church, like painting the sanctuary or whatever, it, if it didn't happen yesterday, it's too late, okay? I just get very this way. And Peter would say, the Lord's not slow. Instead, he's patient with you. Not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. There is something else at work that's more encompassing the salvation of your soul than your circumstance. I want to just real quick talk to one other group of you. We always think of being exposed as a negative thing, right? You know, you think of a politician, you know, some texts come out, they've been exposed. But it doesn't have to be. COVID might have revealed to you that you're actually a great leader, that you can actually handle more, that you can actually not worry about what's happening next, that you're stronger than you thought. All of that is Christ in you, revealing that, hey, maybe you should lean into that in this next chapter. Maybe you can take a little bit more than you thought. And now, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I pray that you would go in his joy, in his peace, in his hope, and in his strength. In Jesus' name, amen.